listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Nine marriage-destroying mistakes. I'd like to know what they are Talking so I don't destroy our marriage. While he's trying to do a broadcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's probably going to have to be two parts, as you saw. Not probably. We declared that it was. <laughs> we declared it. We declared we, it. We proclaimed it. Dylan said five minutes I in, declare. I already learned more than nine mistakes. I that was declare. <laughs> Bankruptcy. Um, <laughs> so if you've got a notepad and a pen, and you've got yourself a little audio recorder, get ready to make some notes because <laughs> this will help you. Carol Sims Fitch is in the house. Love you. Good to see you. Um, number one, don't talk over your husband while he's trying to do a broadcast. Bethany Hooker. Um, the Hookers. The Hookers are watching. No, I read that book, Veronica, and it actually made my marriage worse. It turned it into a breakable marriage. I'm telling you. I read my cousin's book, Unbreakable Marriage. It kind of made my marriage breakable. It had the opposite Number effect. one. Number one. Shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say. That is the number one. The face that we just saw on Tiffany was, I appreciate when Carolyn comes. Because she's. Who put that I up? I read her thoughts. Scroll up. Scroll up one more. She was like, let's move this show on the road. Uh-huh. Wearing Crocs. She's like, I have things to true. do today. <laughs> That has not destroyed our marriage whatsoever. In fact, I feel like my wife is more attracted to me in my Crocs than out of my Crocs. You don't like the Crocs, do you? I make you wear them to bed. You're not a, you're not a Croc fan. You sleep with us. <laughs> I, I'm going to make that happen. He wears them in the shower, his shower no, shoes. That's not true. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't imagine ever doing that. <laughs> Never. Let me slip my crockies on to get in the shower. (laughs) I would never do that. That's so gross. That's so gross. Get my crockies. Oh, no. Who calls them crockies? That is gross. I'm grossed out right now just sitting here listening to this. Um, In all seriousness. Slip my crockies on. All right. Um, we lost Tiffany. We I, lost I, I can't gone. see the new messages. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Crocky's. Actually making, I can hear her laugh. <laughs> uh. um, so, so in all seriousness, number one, shut the door. Shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think one of the things we've seen often is that people don't, people don't keep their marriage in a place of privacy. And there's all kinds of people they allow in, because <laughs> I'm just losing it at my desk. Um, people allow other people in. Uh, they have a say in their marriage. They manipulate their marriage. They add extra pressure to their marriage. And sometimes it's family, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's friends. And there's not like proper boundaries set up. So truly, I would say shut the door. That literally, when you get married, I see this with young couples a lot, don't you? Like where they get they get married, but they don't they don't keep that private boundary on their marriage and there's undue pressure uh, unnecessary pressure um 
on on young couples especially and and if they don't correct it i mean it carries on for years right but it's like whether it's fathers mothers mother-in-laws father-in-laws friends that's like a number one question i get uh from from women is issues with their mother-in-law and prying and uh, given their two cents worth and and I I get it because I I get it because it is hard because you have raised your children so you have the motherly mindset right and you know so it's not a bad thing that your mom cares and your mother-in-law cares but there does have to be a point that you remember when you get married God's put the two of you together that you guys become one and then that that unity creates an authority over your your own home, your own establishment. So you've now been raised, you've now been separated from your parents, and now you've become one as in unity, and husband, wife, and then your children. And so I, I know that it's also a hard transition for parents to kind of let go saying, you know, now what I say doesn't fly, it's now more of a a suggestion if I want, or sometimes I don't even have to give suggestions, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, for sure. And, and so then I, I think uh, people, like the children, get in the whole like um, the, the honor, the dishonor, the this and that. I still have to listen to my parents, but we yeah. have to get that mindset that when we get married and we're separated, that they could suggest something, they even, you know, I, I know Plenty of in-laws that are <laughs> can be pretty hard on on their their kids, and um, you know it, you you don't have to do it is what I'm saying is like right. you don't have to take their suggestion because if God appoints the family and instruction to your husband and then your husband isn't is appointing that instruction to you and the rest of the family that's all that matters that's all that's required yep. and that's how God wants you to live and that's how God has seen it because when you stand before the Lord he's not going to say well what did your father-in-law your mother-in-law say or your mom or your dad say he's going to say did you, were you obedient in the instruction I gave because when you two become one and then Christ is the head of, of the home, you're, you're in oneness with the Lord there. And so you've got to learn that separation and shut the door because so many issues will rise in family, unendued family fights and things like that happen when, when you allow that door to remain open. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why the Bible says in Genesis chapter two that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh, Genesis 2.24. They shall be joined together and they shall become one flesh. In fact, that's, I mean, if you saw this, maybe even at your, if you did this at your wedding or you've seen it at a wedding when there's the lighting of the unity candle, that's the whole point where they, pray, they take the two candles, light the one and blow the others out because we're no longer two separate individuals. We are one flesh, the Bible says. We're one flesh, but... Also, remember this, to leave father and mother, to cleave or to cling to your spouse. And so God puts that new relationship together. And there should be, look at that cleave. He, it's hard look, to... Look at that cleave. To... Look at that cling. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, got a, you've got a cleave and cling. I uh, cleave you. <laughs> but not I'm with a cleaver. I'm going to say that. Um, 
I'm leaving and cleaving. Leaving and cleaving. <laughs> that's right. That's a good hashtag. Leaving and cleaving. Peace. I'm leaving and cleaving. Caitlin said, I've learned not to move in with the in-laws. <laughs> no. It's a whole other broadcast, my friend. But it's, it's the truth. And we've seen it happen so many times. People's marriages get destroyed or they get super um, manipulative or there's just like overstepping of those boundaries. And then, you know, there's, there's resentment. People get upset. There's fights that didn't even have to be there. Didn't even have to be there. But because either um, the husband and wife didn't set their own boundaries or the parents didn't have enough wisdom to not overstep and try to control uh, because both right. sides have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Really, like the parents should know that I can't have my hand in everything that goes on. I can give advice. I can try to guide them. I'll help them. But I can't control can't manipulate but at the same time if the parents don't know that then the husband and the wife have to be strong enough to say you know what we're setting a healthy boundary here to say thank you for loving us thank you for guiding right. us thank you for uh, suggesting but we have to make our own decisions we're keeping privacy and boundaries in our own marriage and um and you know that's that's that if that's not that's a non-negotiable that has to be done has to has to be because you're, otherwise, what ends up happening is, and you guys know this, our resentment will set in. You know, we're both blessed to have great uh, in-laws. No, they don't try. They've never tried right. to control our marriage or to overstep any boundaries and do. They've never tried that. But there are families yeah. where you have uh, husbands and wives that either their mom is always saying, well, I don't think she needs to be doing that. I think she needs to right. treat you better. And I think she she's not she's not taking care of my boy like I Yeah, or yeah, that's another one. It's like telling you what to do with your kids, you know, manipulating your your, your family life and you know, all of that. I mean it is it, it it becomes nonsense that then the other the other spouse starts to get ticked off and ready to like go to war because, you know, stop coming into my house and, and messing with my family and stop coming in and manipulating and controlling. And you know what happens when there's manipulation and, and control? It's just constant drama, constant stress. And um, <clears throat> so it's, it's, <laughs> Wes said, my wife has the best mother-in-law, me, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's absolutely true. So you have to guard that. Remember that. Guard your home fiercely. Guard it's your okay home to fiercely. Say no. Yeah. I, I people have trouble saying no. I, I, I you know, and that's that's the thing I actually work. I have several several broadcasts on that podcast on that yeah. on the power of no because it's okay. You're not meant to do everything just because you know how. You're not meant to go along with everybody's <clears throat> suggestions. That's right. Uh, you know, I've I've just been in raised in the last twelve years. You know. Well, I guess 16, but I, with kids and stuff, you would add on responsibilities. But just, you know, I've learned over the years since being married and having children that, you know, it really matters what God has specifically instructed to our family no matter what. Right. And that's really like a policy I live by. It's like, you know... If, if I didn't get it, if Ted didn't get it, and we didn't hear it from the Lord, you know, I, we appreciate your concern, your love, your guidance. But if it's not what was spoken to us or given directly to us or a step we're supposed to take, then it's okay to say no and not do it. Right. And it, so we've, it is. we've, you know, and like you said, thankfully we have 
good in-laws and parents on both sides, but it's a, it's a number one thing I get questions from women of like my mother-in-law or my mom, my mom, you know what I mean? Trying to still parent now parent their kids. And well, they don't like my decision. I decided not to do this with my kid. And I always write back. I'm like, listen, you're going to have to be okay with that. Right. You're going to have to be okay with not doing what they say at this point, because now you're married and the authority has changed. The setup of, of the way it looks has changed. And that's not, that's not what, where you live. You're not under that umbrella anymore. Right. You've created a new establishment being married. Yeah, that's right. And, and you have to keep that. If you don't treat it like it's important, then it'll, it, you know, we're using the same principle, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, boundaries. If you don't treat it like it's a priority, if you don't treat it like it's important, it will just, literally, it'll just, you'll wonder, where did my boundaries go? Where, where, did, my, where, where did my peace and my home go? Why? Because right. you didn't prioritize it and take active steps to ensure that it was going to be intact at all times. And so you've got to guard that home fiercely. Guard it fiercely. Your peace is non-negotiable. Your joy is non-negotiable. Mm-mm. You know, the, the way that your house flows and functions, that's non-negotiable. So don't allow anything to break in and steal that from you. You've got to learn that uh, though we love others, even those in our families, there are times with certain family members where they'll try because they never knew any different. You know, their parents did it to them. They don't, so they don't know. That's how they grew up. And they think, well, that's how a family's supposed to be. Some of this stuff is very cultural. It is very cultural. There are certain cultures where the grandmother and the mother are, are a lot more vocal and have a lot more input and are treated a whole lot differently. Well, we were, we were with a pastor friend recently and he was explaining that we were talking about marriage stuff and he was saying, you know, and, and he's Spanish. And so it's a, it was a, it's a culture thing. And he was saying how like his mom is super heavy into getting in and instructing them and they have to be like, Whoa, you know what I mean? Like this is our marriage. And, but, but it, but it's, it's the culture thing. It's like the grandmother, ruled and then now it's the mom and then she's the grandmother place very matriarchal society yeah and and that's how it is too like in a lot of cultures italians very strong like that Mm -hmm. and so you have to to learn to break away and outside of anything cultural related you know unless unless like we said godly marriage is going to be instructed by god himself because remember this and put it in the comments kingdom culture outweighs natural culture Mm mm-hmm Kingdom culture outweighs natural culture. And so the Bible is very clear about what we should do. And so there are things that have just continued on in the natural through natural human cultures that became the norm. But if they contradict what the scripture says, kingdom culture, then you can't prioritize that over the scripture. Kingdom culture outweighs natural culture. Right. It has to be that way. God gave us these prescriptions for our own benefit, for our own strength, our good, our equipping, uh, to have our peace, to have our joy intact. So that's why kingdom culture has to always outweigh natural culture. Uh, look at that. I've had a very hard time with this yeah. in the Italian cul- the culture, family, Italian family in this way. Yeah, we've been there. We've seen that. We've experienced it. And it's not that you're disrespecting. It's just that you have to understand there is a scriptural method And then there's a natural cultural method. And, um, you know, in 2022, we're seeing this 
anyway throughout all of culture as culture continues to change and become more and more wicked, uh, publicly wicked. I mean, anybody that's dead in trespasses and sins has always been wicked. But what I mean by that is the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more you're seeing these things uh, in public, unashamedly declaring this cultural shift, this cultural change. You're going to see that much more of a separation between kingdom culture and uh, natural culture. I mean, you know, we, we've seen this for years where, you know, we used to have like a, you know, you could look at it and call it a Christian nation in that most everybody went to church and most everybody knew about the Bible and most everybody held Christian values and all that. And that has rapidly shifted. So now the culture is being uh, rapidly torn away uh, from kingdom culture, even if people weren't uh, really you know, practicing Christians where they're dedicated Christians, you know, they'd either grown up in Sunday school or VBS or had a grandmother that went to church. Oh yeah. They knew You're scriptures attached somehow to the church. Yeah. They knew scriptures. They right. lived, you know, by, you know, Judeo Christian principles for the right. most part. And now that's being Morals. rapidly torn away by, by the antichrist system and agenda. And more than ever, natural culture is in opposition to kingdom culture. And you have to make up your mind. It's not just in marriage. It's in everything. And you have to make up your mind to not bow your knee to the antichrist agenda and the natural culture versus the kingdom culture. Right. And it bleeds into marriage. Yeah. You know, it bleeds into marriage. And so you have to just make up your mind. I'm going to do what the Bible says, and I'm going to live by scriptural principles. I honor my father and mother. I honor my mother-in-law and father-in-law, but I still establish a privacy and an authority in my own home yeah. so that have to have it. Yeah, my, my peace is not going to be stolen from me. My joy won't be stolen from me. Right. There won't be manipulation and control. We are in control by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's vital. Secondly, within that framework of a private home, number two, you have to. I know there's people watching. They've already put it in the comments. Not married yet, but this is for my future. And, uh, oh, absolutely. I've it's better to learn things now. Learn it now. I'm and, seriously. And, and make yourself the, the godly man and woman that you're called to be and know this stuff stepping into a marriage yeah. because it saves you all those years learning it while you're married and going through some trouble and you know you you're always going to grow together no matter what but it's way right. better to have these uh, principles down and and get into it beforehand and know it so you can go into a marriage already at the top absolutely and within that framework of your private home trust me when i tell you this and it changes always when you have kids and all that, but always continue dating your husband or wife. Always continue dating. Don't stop the dating relationship. So many people, you know this, like when people get married and they feel like, well, I already, I got them. So now that I've got them, you know, and everything changes at that point and they don't do things together anymore. And then children come and life gets busy and things take off. And then it just, it, it gets to the place where you're really like, man, we just don't have any, any time. And, you know, it, 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 if you don't prioritize, that's why we, yeah. we, people don't understand. We've had people that look at us like we're nuts because we're like, the priority of relationships is my personal relationship with Jesus and then my spouse. That's, that's what's second. Not my ministry, not my children. My spouse is right after Jesus. It's Jesus, Carolyn. For me, don't make it Carolyn for you. Jesus, <laughs> Carolyn. Like I touched earlier. Carolyn. Are you like then, blessing me or what? 
And then <laughs> Jesus, Carolyn, then the kids, and then the ministry. Yeah. I've seen people lose their whole families because they put the ministry that's over right, their family. That's right, Jessica, and I know that's true for yeah. Jessica and Ben. J- yeah, Jessica and Ben, still dating after 30 years. This makes the empty nest easier sure you're and not more fun. Roommate status looking at each other. And that's what happens. If you don't do it, like Jess is saying, if you don't continue dating your spouse through the whole marriage, right? not just after the kids leave, you're going to be trying to hey, find out. Shut the door. <laughs> Here we go. Shut the door. Here we go. The memes are I'm beginning. I'm not talking privacy oh, from men-laws and parents. <laughs> Here we go. No, that's right, Denise. Uh, date nights are important because what happens? Brent Cashman is in the house. Can of corn. Um, if you don't, then you're trying to, after 20 years. Listen. <laughs> look at these women. I c- <laughs> That's right, Jess. Carolyn stirs it up. Hey. What happens? You have to rediscover like who each other even are after 20 years. Yes. You didn't even have a relationship. But I'm, what I was going to say is like everybody has an excuse as to. Um, we're busy. We're busy. There's no time. I'm not sure many people who are as busy as us. There are people that are up there, but I'm telling you like literally. And for instance, on the road, meeting to meeting every night for two weeks, came home at midnight home one day, left the next morning so I could date Ted. Yeah. Took him to New York City for three days, came home one day, left the next day to go surprise pastors and honor them for uh, ministry, their life of being faithful to God. Left, come home one in the morning again, come back to company for this week. But you know what? We have to make time for each other. Right. You have, you, you just like you have to make time for the Lord, because you have to be in a relationship with Him. You, you, you love the Lord, you love the Holy Spirit, you make time for someone you're in a relationship for. You never stop dating your spouse. You never stop doing little things here and there, leave little notes, surprises. I mean, you, you love them, right? Why did you marry them? Don't let that go away just because you're in your 20s and you were free and you didn't have kids and your life wasn't different and responsibilities and bills and the pressure of this. Don't let other things control your emotions. Right. Because love is where it started. Love is where it all began. And you have to keep that going constantly. And it and it's a work. It, it is a work, not a bad work. It, it's a good work. Right. But you have to continually date because the Lord has such a fantastic, um, he has such a fantastic way of marriage. Uh, he's, he, he is not stupid in anything he created and he set it up perfectly for you to have a good marriage. And so if we abide by the way the Bible intended us for us to act with our husbands and with our wives, we can have a wonderful marriage. We get so inundated with the way the world talks about marriage. Right. We get so inundated with the way the world talks about having kids and, and being married and how hard it is and, and this and that. And, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And da 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 da. And, and it can weigh you down. And it feels like, ugh, I don't want to get married. Ugh, I don't want to have kids, you know, and, and be married. And I don't want to do all this stuff. And, ugh, and, and, and responsibilities. But, if you do it the correct way, it's wonderful. 
He didn't. He didn't set up a, a way of life for you to to be miserable in. Right. And so, if you apply the principles of of the Word of God, and 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 you can't go wrong. Yeah. I've just like learned that over the years that if you you apply the principles of they the work. Word of God, if you work them, they actually work. Ted. Right. <laughs> Listen to Romans twelve nine and ten. This is the marks of a true Christian. How much more should this be true in a marriage relationship? Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> I took my wife on a date Sunday night and made Ted pay for it. Um, <laughs> and we had fun. Uh, 9 and 10, Romans 12, 9 and 10. If this is true for Christians, how much more true should it be for a husband and wife relationship versus a Christian you don't even know that you meet and you treat them with honor? Listen to Romans 12, 9 and 10. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor. Listen to that. Outdo one another in showing honor. First Peter 4, 8, above all things, have fervent love for one another. Think about that. Fervent love for one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. And that should be something, you know, you continue doing, you know, for the rest of your, your life and marriage. I mean, it's, it's you, you continually outdo one another in showing honor. You continually are trying to, you know, one of the things we taught about once, and I think Carolyn did a whole broadcast on this, marriage is not 50-50, marriage is 100-100, you know, and, and people don't get that. It's like, well, we're in this together, so it's, it, it, marriage is 50-50. No, it's not. It's 100-100. It's giving everything you've got all the time to the other. And that includes, you know, you continually want to uh, be with them, show them love, and, and we, you know, one of the things... Because people always pick out what people don't do. Yeah. Nobody ever looks, you like, look at somebody, your husband, your wife, and start thinking of all the things they do do. We're always drawn first to, what don't they do? What don't they do? And, and then that becomes uh, bitter and you harbor those and uh, those feelings and then that's what you base it off of and you're like well if he's not doing that I'm not and that's how people think right. it's like 50 50 like well I'm not doing my part he's not doing his part yeah and then you're not focusing on any of the good right like switch it don't focus on the things he doesn't do right or the things you don't you know this and that and you're always nitpicking that because then that starts becoming a thought that yep. grows and then it becomes out of your mouth and then it becomes nagging and and going after each other about all the things he doesn't do or she right. doesn't do well switch it start pulling out the things wonderful that they do do and then go from there. Yeah, that's exactly make, right. Make that a highlight. Make that a highlight reel rather than the ones that are, you know, what don't they do? Based on how you think it should look, go, do, say, you yeah. know what I mean? And so. When you, when you prioritize your week, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, you know, I know when I'm doing things with the Lord, when am I going to do something with my, don't ever say like, well, if we have time, we'll, we'll do something. You know, if we have time, we'll, we'll you know, we'll go out to eat or if, you know, if we have time, we'll go to a movie. Like put that on your calendar, just like you'd put anything else on your calendar. You know, when Carolyn and I plan to go away and we're Google calendaring everything now with multiple calendars, but you know, we have one that's just a family calendar. It's not the team calendar. It's not the ministry calendar. It's not the crusade calendar. It's just a family calendar. And, and we have it separate color. We can see what's going on. But even on the team calendar, Carolyn made sure that the whole team could see like, 
Don't try to give us anything. Don't let us, don't try to get us to approve anything. Don't try to discuss anything with us. And it just said, Ted, uh, uh, Carolyn stealing Ted. And it was it, it, <laughs> on the calendar. It's, it's, it's marked on the calendar. So we, we're, it's marked busy. Don't try to send things. We're not talking over things. We're not having meetings. Don't contact us for stuff. You know, obviously, unless it's an emergency. Uh, but, but, but in all seriousness, it's on the calendar. It is happening. If you don't put it on the calendar, it'll never happen. Because everything's fighting for your time. Everything's vying for your time, especially now. And there is no such thing truly as, quote unquote, free time. You know as well as I do, especially if you have children. There will be so many things that will take your time if you let it take your time. So what do you do instead? You prioritize what's important first. So if Carolyn and I are going to, you know, make a plan, doesn't matter what it is, we can, we can put it there. And so nothing's going to take its time. So if we put our, we put that thing on the calendar, we made up our mind, nothing else can be scheduled there. Nothing else can be planned there. We've already set it aside and marked it as this is our time. And, and I feel like people need to be more intentional uh, with, with how they are looking at these things, because it's a dangerous thing to look at something so important and say, well, if I get some free time, I'll do that. You know, if I get some free time, I'll do that. It's it's a mistake. And don't think we're extremely organized people by the explanation of this calendar and get like, we're, we've been made to be this way. <laughs> yeah, plan the time. I'm just saying like, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, they have a calendar that's color coded. Like, you know, Ted was forced into it. So <laughs> we're not the most organized. It but just it works. keeps Tiffany from having hives. So anything I can do to keep her away from itch cream, I'm good. It works though. You have to, you have to, like we've talked about this, you know, if you don't, if you don't steward the most valuable resource God's given you time, it slips it's away. True. You'll never right? see it again. I mean, seriously, think about it. How much have you said this year? Oh my gosh. How fast has this year gone yeah, by? Right. Like, can you believe it's August? Next time, 11th? next thing you know, all the times passed you by and you're like, man, I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. And instead, we're just left wondering where the time went. So instead of that, take the time, look at it as currency, because time is currency. You spend it. People don't get that. And nothing has to be expensive. People right. are like, I can't afford Do to staycations. go on a date. I can't afford to go on this. It's what? 10 bucks to grab two coffees and sit in a Barnes and Noble. I mean, it's, it's quiet. You just talk. You don't have to go and have a $300 meal no. or do this huge extravagant date night. Go sit down at the beach, go take a walk, you know, go find, not everything has to be super expensive. Cause that's it's one the of the time. things it's like, you know, that it's like, no, it's breaking away right. and spending time. Turn, turn your phone off, turn the notifications talk, off. Time to, you know, be together. Yeah. So. And it is. You, there's so many free things. I mean, I'm sure people have written books on that on Amazon. I know, so but like, that's the thing I get know, all the time. No, I know I you do. I can't just go to dinner. But I'm saying. What, I can't just break away. You know, I don't have a babysitter and, and this and that. But, right. You know, you put, put them to bed and have a movie night. Right. Make, make it, you know, we do that. We don't let the kids just stay up all night long until we go to bed. Most of the time. Well, it's summer. That's one <laughs> thing. But I mean, it's, no, it's not true. like that. No, put them to bed. Lock them in their room, throw some treats on the floor, lock the doors from the outside and say, we'll see you in a few days and just, but spend time with each other. That's true, Wes. It's, it's <laughs> that's right. I mean, I've seen, we've seen that firsthand. But it's, it's absolutely true. You, you have to, um, 
look at it that way because your kids are going to be gone one day. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be adults. They're going to have their own families. They're going to go, you know, whatever. If they go to college, they go get their own, they're going to have their own life. They'll live in their own home. And then what happens as, as Jess was saying, you come to the end of that period and you're, you're quote unquote empty nester, right? And then all of a sudden you have spent 20 years not having a relationship with your spouse and that same closeness that was there at the beginning isn't anywhere close to where it was at the end of 20 years. And that either destroys, you know, the, the emptiness part really reveals where your marriage is at. Because at that point, you'll either look at it and say, man, who is this person I'm living with? Like, I don't even hardly, you know, we say all the time, they become roommates rather than, you know, a husband or wife. They become a roommate to you. And then you either have, you have a choice at that point. Now you're in a fork in the road. Do I now uh, continue to try to press back in and, and build that closeness again, or people just are irritated with each other and they just decide, you know what, I'm not gonna, we're just not gonna do it. But there's people that like, it really hits them hard. Their kids leave and they're like, yeah, we're not even close anymore. Don't enjoy each other anymore. Irritated with each other all the time. So instead of that, cultivate that closeness sure. through your whole marriage. And, and, and think about this, I want you to get this in your, in your heart, this, kind, this concept. And put it in the comments, please. Time is currency. Time is currency. Anything you have in your life, it's because you spent your time in that direction. No question. What, what do you have a career doing? Did you spend your time studying for that career? Did you spend right. your time honing skills to complete that thing? If you have a husband or wife, you know why you do? It's because you spent the currency of your time pursuing that individual. You spent your currency of your time. Time is currency. And so people don't understand they're spending their life. You're spending your life all the time. I'll tell you what really made me think about this, like a lot. And it was actually kind of a good commentary on, on society. Uh, there was a movie that came out uh, in the thousands. I can't remember what year, somebody else could, with Justin Timberlake entitled In Time. Throw a hand up if you ever saw that movie in time with Justin Timberlake. I uh, had some other famous people in it as well, but it was the future and you literally had a countdown clock under your skin on your forearm. Remember, do you remember that movie? Mm -hmm. You had a countdown clock on your under your skin on your forearm like a like a watch, but it was like it was the remaining time of your life. It was the remaining how much time you had and when that clock runs out, you die immediately. And when you go to work every day, and your paycheck comes due, they pay you by adding more time to your clock, to your life clock. And then when you go to buy something, a car or whatever, dinner, a small amount of your, your lifetime gets taken out of your life. And, and I, that makes you really think like, in all seriousness, that is true, that you're spending your lifetime doing things <clears throat> that are either stealing from you or they're adding to you. You know, you, you think about the things that are adding to you, cultivating a relationship with the Lord, cultivating a relationship with your husband or wife, your children, you know, doing things to take care of your spirit, your mind, your body, your finances, your relationships. And then there's things that simply just steal from your life. They're time wasters that, that nothing productive comes from it. It's a trap. It's a, it's a dream killer. It's a time waster. And, and you find yourself, I've spent, you know, two hours now sitting and scrolling through TikToks and reels or whatever. And just time is gone. 
And it's because you've spent your currency of your time in the wrong way. It's, it's, and it ends up becoming destructive. And you have to make up your mind, I'm going to take the currency of my time and spend it in the direction that I want to see my life move in, in productivity, in love, in cultivated relationships, and make sure I'm not going to allow that. Now, that's a biblical principle. The Bible says that we're to redeem the time for the days are evil. You know what the Bible says in Ephesians? Making the most of your time. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Ephesians chapter 5. Making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Why? Because time's running out. So you have to spend it wisely. So continue dating. Yeah. And then... You, it, before we move on yeah. from continue dating, just to hit it this way too. <laughs> Everybody wants love. Everybody needs love. It's how we're created by, by love himself. And so if we don't continue to date our spouse, there will be a separation. And that's where it also can get dangerous. Because if you don't continue to date your spouse, someone's getting dated somewhere. I, I mean, it is. You're going to push somebody away. And people are always so surprised. And, you know, I'm getting compliments over here. And then you get attracted to this. And then you get into a dangerous spot where husbands and wives start crossing lines <laughs> and getting out of the unit of marriage. Into, it could be into sinful things because we're not continually dating who we are married to. Mm -hmm. And it says in Proverbs 5 that you need to drink from your own well. And so if you don't continue to drink from your own well, <laughs> then it gets pushed other places. And so you have to continue to date. It just happens. I see it too many times in marriages where they start off one way and then time they don't spend time with each other yep. they allow the kids to become first and then what happens what do you hear oh somebody you know you get compliments at work and you start feeling good and then the flirting begins it it's very dangerous it becomes a dangerous thing in in many ways so you have your personal your you have your personal time for continued dating but then if that doesn't happen it's going to happen somewhere right it, it really is and that's how it gets yeah, because, it gets well, dangerous because people have needs Right. And if the needs are met, and that's why it's important to understand your husband or wife, how do they even feel loved? If you don't know that, right. you got to discover you got to discover it. If you don't know It is a how, slippery slope. If you don't know how they feel loved, you might actually think that you're providing love for them. Right. But you don't know like that's not even how they feel loved. Sure. You know, or the other way around. You know, you might you might think uh, one thing about them, but it's they totally still feel ignored. They don't feel fulfilled because, yeah, exactly, Denise. That's where the love languages come in. That's why if you want somebody to totally feel fulfilled, you have to understand. And I know that's why people, if you grew up a certain way, for example, uh, you know, ladies, if you grew up with a father that did one thing, that this is how he showed you love, then that's like built into your system. You know, my dad always spent time with me. He always took me to the park. He always rode bikes with me. He always, you know, whatever those things are, you know. And then that quality time uh, love language is kind of built into you inherently. Carolyn's waving her hand over here on the side. She's Did you always say that's mine? Yeah. That's what Tiffany the, says. She the, says quality time. The quality time. <laughs> She's shaking her uh, head. <laughs> maybe, maybe you had a dad that always had just dad. took care of things for you. Like he's always 
fixing something, painting something. <laughs> you just keep describing something. my dad. And, and, <laughs> and, and you know what happens? That's one of the ways that you feel loved. Maybe you had, guys, maybe you had a, uh, uh, a mom. If Ted took my car through the car wash right now, I'd be like, you love me so much. <laughs> <laughs> See? And if you don't know that. Want to put those crockies on? <laughs> if you don't know that, then what can happen? Then you can always be trying. Like as a husband, I could always just be kind of trying with the words of affirmation. Right? The compliments. You look so great today. You look, and everyone likes to be told they look great. Everybody likes to be told that they're beautiful. Or whatever. doesn't like a good car wash. Right. She needs a car wash. I need a car wash. <laughs> she needs that I grass need that cut. Car wash. I need that car She needs vacuum. them weeds Ow! Out. Out. <laughs> but that's what Hang happens. Hang me some dang curtains. <laughs> Put that mirror up on the wall. <laughs> um, but that, that's that's what happens. And people tell me you, I'm pretty while you, you're doing it. If you don't, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica said, "Me too, Carolyn." Washing the dishes is so. Woo, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never seen a hotter man than a man washing dishes. Um, but but in all in all in all seriousness, seriousness, if you don't know that that like that's the thing that makes them feel loved and appreciated, cared for, whatever, you could do the other thing all day long, but it's not the same. And so knowing who you're married to and understanding it, it does make a difference. It does make a difference. Understanding how they receive love, and uh, it's good to be introspective like that. Um, Facebook user said, so her love language is acts of service. That's mine too. It might be words of affirmation. It might be physical touch. It might be quality time. You know, you go through these different ones and you start to realize, uh, not everybody's the same. Not I mean, everybody's when the you same. speak to, to people who've had split marriages or they're, you know, coming back from restoration processes, that's always what happens. The time that should have been geared to each other was outside of it it was then given because like we're saying is there's always time for something you always make time for something and someone and you got to you make it. time for what you think is important right so you have to gear it to the right thing because if if there's no time together here <laughs> two of you are getting it from somewhere else and so that's one of the things is to to continue to date and keep that time between you guys precious and an honor Alonzo said, what love language test do you guys use, chat? I want to take it. Um, I think basically we've read the book, and that kind of just, it, it tips you off. It's a book you can read, yeah, and the, it will show you. Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. Um, you know, you start to look at that, and you start, you, you'll start to see, you know, how you, your spouse operates just by looking at those yeah, explanations. Yeah, by reading it, you can. And you can see, like, oh, yeah, that, that's definitely something that she uh, appreciates the most and you're going to have a little bit of all five in your life, but some are going to just be far. They're going to far outweigh the other ones because it's not like Carolyn doesn't like to be told that she's beautiful or, or whatever. And she appreciates words of affirmation. Put that laundry away. Woo. But I'm leaving and cleaving. Yep, it does. It does help with the kids too. They actually made one just for kids. Five love language, five love languages for children. And and it's, it's true. Oh, AJ said Gary Chapman's website has a test you can take and it will email you your love language. And, and so you, you could do that, but it's important to know it because it'll help you immensely when you're dealing with your husband or your wife. But it's, it's not that they don't exist because, you know, who doesn't want to be told that they're good looking and right, that they're beautiful, but it's not going to affect them on the same level, right? Because I can tell you like Carolyn is, is a very, um, She's a very independent person. She's a very, she's strong. She's emotionally strong. 
and everything. And so, you know, she, those, those types of things don't affect her the same way. Of course, she appreciates it. But those types of things don't affect her the same way as some of the other ones do. Like we were talking about acts of service and things like that. It doesn't affect her the same way. So they're nice to have. They're not, it's nice that they're there. But if I, were, if I were to just all the time just tell her those things, but never do anything to spend time with her, never, never do anything to, um, you know, help her out or whatever that might be, she wouldn't feel the same as if I was like helping her out. You know, it, it affects you internally much differently. And it does change how you feel toward a person. It does change how you act toward a person. So it'll, it'll help you. It'll help you a lot. The other thing is with your, with your spouse is you have to make up your mind. This is number three. Make up your mind. I'm never going to go to bed angry with my spouse. I'm going to solve the issue before I go to sleep. I'm never going to let it linger day after day. You know, there's people that let their marriage relationship suffer for a, a week, seven days. They're not talking to each other. Everything's short. Everything's, you know, they're fu- right. And there's yes. people that will use stuff against the other person. I'm not, we're not, ha- I'm not having any more sex with you until you get this thing right. I mean, like they, they'll use sex as a weapon. And it's like the apology has been given, but they didn't really accept it. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I need you to say sorry. And so the other person like sincerely says sorry, but then that other person that was supposed to receive still, it. Still holding it gonna, over their head. We're going to hang. I'm, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm yeah. not quite ready yet. Right. Don't go to bed angry. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a biblical command. Uh, Ephesians 4.26, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I really appreciate Ted because I was that person. I was that chick that was like slamming a door and don't talk to me for a long time and we can hold this out because I'm, I, I, um, I'm stubborn. I can, I can be stubborn. Look at the, look at the uh, <laughs> verse right after it. Be angry. I can be strong-willed when I want to be. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. The more you continually hold grudges against people, the more you stay angry at them, the more you want to be in uh, uh, strife with them, the more opportunity you give to the devil. The more opportunity you give to the devil. And that's another thing about time. If you let that time go by, that seed gets in the ground and the roots are nasty. Yeah. And you just let it fester. Let me tell you, it's so much harder to dig that thing up than it is to just cut it off at the end of the day. Right. And and I'm thankful for you because you taught me that at the beginning of our marriage that it wasn't going to fly. And so it... It was night. It's made everything night and day. Yeah, night, you can't do night it. Night and day in, in a marriage when you, and, and you're going to wait, you're going to have to just suck it up buttercup and <laughs> let your pride, you just swallow it and just realize my relationship with my husband or my wife is way better right now. Way, and it's like more important than this like prideful thing I'm feeling where either I was right or they should have came to apologize first or whatever you're thinking about. Think always long term. Right. Always think long term and be like, listen, it's ugly in the moment, but let's fix this fast because it's uglier down the road. Much uglier. And, and longer lasting if you don't cut it up. And Tyler so said, it's whether hard for you to stay angry when you're doing the dishes. If I'm I doing the dishes, I can be putting laundry angry. away. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm sorry for. I'm sorry for my past and future sins, babe, please. <laughs> Grace. Hello, Grace. 
carrying that and done laundry around. (laughs) AJ said, that's my default. I just start cleaning something. (laughs) (laughs) Laura. (laughs) But but in in all seriousness, it's like, it is so much easier. If, if any of you know someone or a couple that have dealt with ongoing uh, bitterness, strife, problems in a marriage, how much harder is it to deal with something that's gone on for 15 years than it is to deal with something at the end of the day? See, this is why it's so hard. You're going down. Now you got to go down and dig those roots out, get free from that. And it's something that's affected you for year after year after year because it's never been addressed. It's never been dealt with. There's anger and animosity on both sides. There's frustration. Yeah. And pride is really it. Oh, pride is ugly. It's humility. Only with humility. It's not easy. Can you truly apologize? It's It's just you need to think long term. Yeah. Like, let me fix this now. Right. Regardless. The whole like... Who's right? Who needs to be first? All that has to be set aside and be like, listen, I want to have a wonderful, loving, lasting relationship That's where right. I actually enjoy my husband or my wife. That's it. I need to fix this now. I don't care who started it. I don't care what was said. That's it. It's got to be the past is the past, forgiven, forgotten, and and move on. Matt and Jill, I don't know if it's Matt or Jill, but said it also affects your kids. Oh, it oh, absolutely yeah. affects I your kids. I speak on that all the time because if you harbor that and walk around, then the next thing is you're yelling at them. Well, you know what the, you know what's funny about what our kids about. is that like our kid, you know, like we don't really like fight a lot. Like we don't have No, we've but they had know fights. when it's tense talking. They know when it's or tense. tense. My voice kids change. Look at Tiffany in the back her face. She's like They they know. T- <laughs> Tiffany knows. But like like if we have it, like okay, no Okay, because lie. Ted and I can be fine. We talk like this when we're talking to each other. But we'll talk like this We'll talk like this all the time because we're intense people. <laughs> like we're not those people that are like, hi, how are you? She's like, hey, would you like a but, but like We talk like this normally. We can go at each other. I'm not saying like name calling and stuff, but no. we can go intense. And so for other people, <laughs> they're like, Holy cow, this is going to be... They're yelling at each other. It's like, no, we talk like this. I'm sure Tiff thought when she first was around us, like, oh my gosh, this is going to last a week, right? (laughs) But then, like, the next day, yeah, she'd be like, but the next day, like, they're totally, completely fine. Like, I left the house, and I thought there was going to be a big explosion out of the roof, but but that's how it is. We talk very intensely. Intense, and so our kids feel like Tiffany, and they're like... I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. Yeah. I love you, Mom. You know, that's the funniest thing. Like, like, our kids will run in. Walk around continuously telling us they love us. Yeah, no, they they will. Like, my son or, like, or Brooklyn or whoever, and they'll come in, and then they'll hear, like, they'll hear, like, if we're talking like that about something, like, they'll run in and be like, I love you, Mom. Yeah, they do. I I love you, Dad. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you, Dad. You're the best dad. Right? They're either trying to calm us down or they don't want to be next. It's, it's so both. funny. A little bit of both. It's so funny because we could be like talking about something or talking something really, like talking real intensely and to be running like, love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. I love you. Hey, listen, Ted's intense. <laughs> and so I've learned to be intense because listen. You weren't as intense when we got married, but you're intenser. Well, look who you're, I'm married to. Like intense. I have to, I have to keep up intense. with it. You're more intense now. I have to keep up. But you know what? On the other side of that. I'm not getting squished and left to the side. On the other side of that, I didn't have road rage before I married Carolyn. (laughs) And now I'm I'm the road rage king. You're the worst. You're worse than me. Uh, No, no. I didn't have it. And then over here, guess who I'm married to? Move that hunk of junk out of the way. 
It's green. It's green. Yep. Listen, yeah, let thanks, me Dad. just put this disclaimer out. <laughs> Anyone who has to marry into the Shuttlesworth family has to turn up their intense notch, okay? So just <laughs> letting you know, the reason I am this way is because either you go or you get man over. Wes said, I told my wife okay. to embrace her mistakes. She gave me a hug. <laughs> I am not getting run over. No, you're not that kind of person. You're, you, you are like a, <laughs> assertive. You're an assertive person. Yes, but you just said I'm more intense now. You, have, you definitely are. Because I'm married to you. You're intense. <laughs> it's called impartation. <laughs> Something had to rub off at some point. Yeah, that's right. Caitlin says, weaves in between 18-wheelers to get the preacher to church. <laughs> Zipping around. <laughs> get out of the way. Um, <laughs> Dylan said, literally me with the road rage. Um, but never go to bed angry. It takes humility. It takes, you know, patience. It takes self-control. But you just got to make up your mind. Like, it's more important to yeah. go to bed in peace. Always think long-term. You know, to go to bed in peace, right? The Fitch family identifies. <laughs> Look at that. But it's, yeah. it's all, it's true. Let me, let me give you one more before we pray for you today. Um, and this is so vital. It's baseline. Keep Christ and his word at the center of your home. Keep, that's number four. Keep Christ and his word at the center of your home. Now, I, I know we told you we do this in two parts. We're going to do, do the rest tomorrow, but let, let me give you this. Psalm 127, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. That's Psalm 127 and verse 1. So I don't want to build something that God's not building. Well, how do we know if God is building this home? How do we know if God is building this house, this marriage, these relationships? Because we're abiding by his word, by his word. Remember this, and, and Carolyn, you know this is true because you've seen it both ways with people we've ministered to, that if you, you have one of two choices. You can either build your home, your marriage, your children on God's principles from his word, or you can come up with your own principles and do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the only difference though. When you come up with your own principles and do your own thing, then the outcome is based upon you, your, how far your wisdom can go, how far your control can go, how far your systems will take you. When we already know God's systems are proven, God's systems don't fail, God's systems right. were designed and developed from an infinite mind, which is the Lord's. He is omniscient, infinite mind. He said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So an infinite mind created these principles. So if you want to get involved in these principles, you already know what the outcome is going to be. Right. Because when you follow them, it's going to take you. He said, I'm the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. So keep Christ and his word at the center of your home. Everything your family does should be based upon what the word of God says. Everything that happens in your marriage should be based upon what the word of God says. You know, we, we look at things like a church attendance. Church attendance is a non-negotiable in our home. 
We don't wake up every Sunday morning and ask, hey, Carolyn, you feel like going to church today? You think we should go to church this Sunday morning? I'm not no, you know. I'm, you know what? Let me pray about yeah, it. Yeah, let me pray about it. I'm kind of tired. We've been doing a lot. We don't do that. It's nonsense. Should pray we about go the to church. the house of God. We go. It's non-negotiable. Every week we are in the house of God, and we're in it far more than that. But uh, we don't. We don't negotiate that. I was going to pray about going to your meeting on Saturday. Thank you. Wasn't sure about the it. kids. Don't get up and say, "Hey, Dad, Mom, I don't feel like going to church today. Uh, can we stay home and just have family day?" It's like you know what? We do need a family day. You know exactly, Jessica. Church is is who we are. It's not what we do. It's an excellent way to put it. We are the church, so we gather as the church. All these, all these Christ-like principles, we don't, we don't negotiate them. It's, it's who we are. We don't negotiate uh, the commands of God's word. We just make up our minds. We're followers of Christ. Our family, our marriage will follow these principles and we will have the results that God planned for us to have. Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Amen. When you keep God, when you keep his word at the center, you can withstand whatever the enemy is trying to come your way. Because as this world grows darker, we continue to be bright as the light, the city, the light that's on the city on the hill that never goes out. And that can be that way. We're not supposed to look like everybody else. That's right. We're not, not going to have a bad marriage. We're not going to have a, a terrible family unit and kids and, and be the world tells us we have to be and how we have to look and how we, why are we taking our cues from the world? Why are we taking in what they say we're supposed to be as a wife or as a husband? And, you know, we read all these other self-help books on, you know, how to have a good marriage. It's like, Let's establish the word of God. I'm not right. saying there aren't smart authors out there that have principles that can't be applied. But when you start reading those principles, you'll realize that they are principles found in the word of God. Whether right. the author realizes they're Christian or not and write it, yep. they will be part of the word of God. So let's just go here first. Right. Let's make time together with God in our marriage who wrote our life's manual, who wrote how a marriage is supposed to look, who wrote how the the order in your home is supposed to look, who wrote what to do with your children so you can have well-behaved children, yeah. so you can have arrows that shoot out into the world that will uh, be beneficial to the kingdom. I mean, let's go to the center of it because it just says right there, a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That's you and that's your spouse and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Why would we have a marriage that looks like the world's when we have an advantage they don't have? I want nothing to do with them. If I've got the Holy Spirit, if she's got the Holy Spirit helping us, why should our marriages look the same? Yeah. Why do we look like our bickering neighbors or people who like talk, you know, ill about our kids That's and, right. and, and always talking about our husbands to our friends and this and that and da 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 and, and, and we shouldn't be like them right. at all. Not a, not even a smell of what the world is like. Yeah, I have no desire to look like this world. And we want to pray for you today before we, before we go. I'm believing, and as I know you are, Everything that we set our hand to do, every area of our life is going to rapidly increase in these last five months before this uh, year comes to an end. Believing God 
for rapid increase in every area. You know, the rest of August that we have, September, October, November, and December, going to be mind-blowing. And so we're going to pray, we're going to believe God, that this is going to be and finish up as our year of divine possession. We'll have what we've never had, we'll go where we've never gone, we'll do what we've never done in the mighty name of Jesus. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for every member of the Victory Tribe, those that are watching, those that are listening. We pray for them today. Lord, if there are marriages that are struggling, if there are marriages that are on the verge of breaking, I ask you that you would add supernatural peace to your people, supernatural love, self-control, joy, and patience to your precious people. I pray that you would restore and help and heal those marriages in Jesus' mighty name so that those children will grow up not in a broken home, but in a healed and a healthy home by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, for those that are believing for husbands and wives, I pray, Lord, that you would open the door and guide them perfectly. Don't let them end up with the wrong person, but let them end up with somebody that you have set aside for them that's going to bring blessing to their life and that's going to strengthen them and take them in the direction path you've created them to go. We thank you for that. Now, Lord, I pray supernatural blessing on all of your people, your faithful people. I pray that this year would finish in a rapid increase in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that as we move forward, we would see on every side such abundance that it would make even the unbeliever stop and take notice of what you're doing in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 No, the, the word healing isn't just reserved for sickness and disease. That's right. So it, there are people who need healing in their marriages. If you're watching this first part and the second part tomorrow and you're like, man, there's improvements, there's things I need to do and change and, you know, restoration is happening. He, a miracle is the same word in every aspect that we need in our life. So if we need a miracle in our marriage, a miracle in our finances, a miracle in our body with, through sickness and disease, healing is the same word for what we need. That's right. So if, if, if you're listening today and tomorrow uh, uh, and you're like, I need a better marriage, then there's healing and restoration for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that word goes for everything that we need from God. That's right. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed. Brent, I love you too, man. Lisa, we love you and Dave to uh, sow a seed today um, before we go. Maybe you've never considered partnering with Carolyn and with me and this ministry. We wanna encourage you to stand with us. We're doing more than we've ever done, but we're getting ready to take the largest steps that we've ever taken. This building we're sitting in right now, um, and by the way, all of our team is moving here. Uh, Jenna and Ralph just arrived. Four in the morning. Early this morning with the moving truck. They're actually <laughs> unloading at their house right now. Right now. We're getting ready to go see them. Jenna and Ralph and the kids are here. Um, Alex will be here Alex next will month. be here next month. Um, Zach and Heather are on the way down. It's just, we're going to have everybody here. But this building we're sitting in right here that God gave us, blessed us with, has already become too small for all that we're doing and uh, what's getting ready to come. And so I'm just telling you, increase is on the horizon. And uh, this ministry just continues to expand. It's explosive growth. I could have never, I mean, if you'd have told us three years ago where we'd be today, I couldn't have even looked at that and understood how it would have happened so quickly. And so you're a part of that. You're a part of this ministry. Those that are in the Victory Tribe, and those are people that are praying for us on a monthly basis and sowing seeds every single month. You're a part of that kind of increase. And so we want to encourage you, if you've never 
partnered. If you've never become a part of the Victory Tribe, start today. Go to MiracleWord.com, click the partner page, and stand with us. Sow something that takes faith. And uh, for those of you that are sowing in the month of August, we're going to send you Pastor Mark Hankins' powerful book, uh, The Bloodline of a Champion, The Power of the Blood of Jesus. For whatever you're sowing in the month of August, this is our gift to you. If you'd like to claim this book, if you've sown your seed, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, fill out that form so we can know where to send it. And we'll get this out to you uh, ASAP. There's all kinds of ways to give. You can use your debit or credit card online, or if you'd like to use a digital app, we, we take PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, anything, even now cryptocurrency. And uh, if you want to, if you're old school and you trust the post office to get us a check, at some point in the future. You still have an address. You still have an address at the bottom of every page on the website if you want to mail a check because you have extreme faith that it'll get to us, then you can do that as well. We love you guys a lot. Part two tomorrow, we're gonna be back at 10.30 a.m. Big thank you to everybody that blessed me yesterday and this wonderful woman that made it all possible. It's not over, Ted. We're celebrating all oh, moms. Lord. Ted's birthday mom. Come on, let's celebrate. I love you. Thank you. And seriously, thank you to everybody that blessed me. It meant a lot. It meant a lot. And of course, I'll be, I'll be writing those of you that did uh, just, just to say thank you. But we love you guys a lot. Thanks for hanging with us. Love you guys. Appreciate we'll you. you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.